Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. In this episode, we're going to do an interview with Tim and Terry Palmquist, pro-life pioneers who've been in this battle for a long time, and we're going to talk to them about how they got involved. Stick with us. All right, well, welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. Um, appreciate all those who join. I had have with me today here Tim and Terry Palmquist, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And these guys, I just met them actually just uh, an hour and a half or so ago. Um, you had reached out to me email via email a couple of days ago, and you mm-hmm. guys were going to be in town. And I thought, hey, man, I got these pro-life pioneers in town here in Charlotte, and I uh, really wanted to take the opportunity to, to get, get you guys to share your story, share where the Lord has kind of brought you guys from and where he's bringing you to, share just, you know, I'm going to get into some of the pro-life history stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, this this podcast is focused on bringing the gospel and, and talking about the necessity of the gospel when we're talking about the issue of abortion. Um, and I know that's you guys' heart, and just a little bit that I've I've heard from you, Tim, especially it's just your heart, you know, of course, is to save babies, but also mm-hmm. to proclaim the gospel. Um, share real quick just a little bit about you guys, uh, maybe how long you've been in pro-life ministry mm-hmm. and what kind of ministry you've been involved in and that sort of thing, if you don't mind. Right. Well, we started in pro-life ministry um, about 1986. Our, uh, our first child was born... Um, we married in 85 and <clears throat> got uh, got pregnant on our honeymoon, and, and so our first child was born. That's in, really pro-life right, right there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> didn't didn't intend it that way, sure. but God God did. Yeah. So, you know, we were the typical, uh, well, well, we'll have two or three kids yeah, type yeah. of thing. But, in a couple you know. of years. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and so uh, we, we had our first child, and he, he was in the hospital for 10 days afterwards and, and uh, just got to see... A, a lot of um, a lot of struggling children there in the hospital yeah, sure. with our son, and there was another another baby that um, we got to know that was uh, born at uh, twenty twenty two weeks, I think, was mm-hmm. uh, Ca- little baby Caleb born at twenty two weeks that also touched us um, before just before our, our before we were married. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a radio program and she was handing my calls and. And this lady called us saying that her her son was born and and uh, you know his his life was just hanging in the balance and so I end up going to this children's hospital seeing this little baby that's the size of my hand yeah yeah it really frustrated her because she was going how in the world can people abort a baby the size of my son yeah you know, it just really mm-hmm. touched her yeah. and we became really good friends yeah. Right. But, you know, I, I grew up in a family. My dad was in Christian radio and, and you know, very, very Christian, uh, uh, conservative Christian family. Yeah. But, uh, you know, my memories in, in 1973, I was I was 12 years old. And yet my memories of the church Christians reacting to the the Roe versus Wade decision are non-existent. Mm-hmm. I have tons of memories of my dad and other people, you know, other other people I knew being outraged over various aspects of what was going on with Nixon. Yeah. I, I remember those things happening. I remember the day Nixon left on that helicopter. 
I remember that quite well, but I remember nothing of anybody speaking out about abortion. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, it was it was years later that uh, a, a, a kind of a, a long-haired uh, young man who was part of the Calvary Chapel movement uh, had, had a radio program on my dad's station, and he started playing this song from uh, a guy, Gary S. Paxton. Okay. Uh, old song, first, first song I ever heard that uh, dealt with this. It, it's kind of a... Interesting to call it a song, but it's called The Big A Equals the Big M. Okay. Hear the little heartbeat. It would go. And so I heard this song that ends with a flat line of, a, of you know, you have a, a baby's heartbeat throughout the song, and at the end it just flat lines. Yeah. And this is my creation. You killed it. Yeah. And it just goes. Wow. So, you know, I went, we weren't hearing about it in church, and we weren't hearing about it much at home, but, you know, from this this thing we heard on the radio and the people calling into my radio show and uh, we had a, a young woman who called us uh, from a community told us she was pregnant and we tried to figure out how to help her didn't know what to do because she was saying she was going to abort her baby she just wanted prayer mm-hmm. and uh, turned out long and the short of it that she was lying about the whole thing and she was just doing it to get attention but God used that to get us thinking towards what are we going to do about this situation yeah 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 you know a lot of christians sort of you know i was yeah i was a believer um for a couple years until i really before i really got really the lord got a hold of me over the issue of abortion like you know we believe abortion's bad because we you know it's Mm -hmm. it's killing a child and it's bad but is there really anything we can do about it there's really anything that I'm called to do about it. I mean, we're called just to preach the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. We're not called to go out and deal with political issues. And it's because we're we're duped by the devil, I believe, as a mm-hmm. church, into believing, and the church has been for a long time, into believing that abortion is a political issue. Mm-hmm. And it's really not. It's really not a political issue at all. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about how the Lord got you involved in, in pro-life work. I know you guys were involved in the rescue movement mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. So talk a little bit about your heart as far as you know, God's heart in your heart and getting you involved in that extreme level of pro-life involvement that some people think it, it right. is. Well, we, we knew before we were married, uh, one of the things that, that kind of brought us together, we knew each other about seven years before we were married, but, uh, and, and I, we had been together in high school, and then when I went off to college, I decided to leave her behind and go try out some other relationships with girls and things. I was still things. in high school, too. Oh, yeah. so she, I mean, was, she was yeah. two years younger than me, so, uh-huh. you know, you can't, you can't go to college and have a high school girl as yes, your girlfriend. Yes, it's not cool, right? <laughs> so, anyway, eventually I come back to her. as She knew I would always come back to her. So, um, but... Um, now I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Just getting involved in the rescue movement and that uh, sort of thing. Right. Well, this was, this was early... Uh, early 80s I'm talking about but um, but when we wanted to talk about getting married he he had basically at some point decided he didn't even think he needed to get married he didn't want it he just wanted right. to serve God okay. that's what that's the yeah. point I was going to say and the thing that she kind of hooked me back in with was you know we can serve God better together than yeah. we can separately she was and so we got <laughs> married planning to serve God and we had already had you know a few little influences toward doing something about abortion but yeah. I was still just thinking of inner city ministry I wanted to move to Jackson Mississippi be a part of ministering to people in the inner city because mm-hmm. there's a ministry there we were familiar with and uh, you know so 
when you get pregnant on your honeymoon, it kind of changes your perspective on things. Yeah. And so she's it changes thinking, your ministry focus. Too, are, we, <laughs> are we going to move to Jackson, Mississippi with the being pregnant and all that? And, my, and her mom was her mom's health wasn't good and things. So she's thinking, is there something we can do around here? What uh-huh. can we do around here that's going to make a difference? And so we heard about a, a pregnancy center about 30 minutes from us. We we're in a little town called Delano, California. And so th- we had to go down to Bakersfield to be a part of this pregnancy center. And uh, we, we got trained. We got trained, but we, we couldn't finish the training because she had a breast infection and baby had to be in the hospital or different things like that. And we, we never just, could finish it. Never uh-huh. could finish the training. And so she finally says kind of out of frustration, you know, what I really would like to do is talk to girls who are actually going in for abortion. Does anybody do that? Uh-huh. And they said, yeah, there actually is a group that does that. And it turned out the, the group that went out on the sidewalk had started a couple of years before that and the pregnancy center had been founded by some of the same people there and so they they were familiar with what they did there so we went out on the sidewalk and got to know these people that were ministering to girls going in and you know honestly for about the first six months we are standing there we want to we want to be there we want to be used we want to be effective but I personally am standing there thinking, how do you how do you talk to these people? Yeah. How, how do you find the words to say yeah. to a girl who's about to go in and have a baby killed? You know. Yeah. And so we're kind of standing in awe of these people who are talking to the girls going in and, and praying and just thinking, wow, these are like spiritual giants. They're <laughs> yeah. letting us stand next to them. You know? <laughs> yeah. And eventually, a, a woman comes in. The first one that I think, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think this is the first one that you... I was pretty much there by myself. You really had an an impact on is this woman who comes in, she has a little baby. And she doesn't speak English. Okay. Little baby, she has to do something with this baby, very sick baby. to oxygen. She has to do something on it with a tube and cleaning out the baby's throat or something. and, And she doesn't speak a word of English. Yeah. Terry didn't speak a word of Spanish. And yet this girl, this woman is going in. And to the abortion center. And yeah. she brought yeah. her baby with and he brought her. her. Brought her little sickly baby with her. <laughs> because she had to have her. And so then I somehow, with God's <laughs> guidance, yeah. was able to convince her to get in, because she had taken the bus, mm-hmm. get into my car, and I drove her uh, across town to the pregnancy center. Yeah. And they found someone that spoke Spanish, and she ended up keeping her baby. Yeah. Right. Wow. So. So that that was uh, and and even then even after that you know it's still well okay Terry Terry is there and I'm just kind of there to support her because you know as a man I felt like what do, what do I yeah. have to say to these man I mean, that's one of the things that we found out you were just out on the sidewalk mm-hmm. earlier with us and you noticed we had there were two men out there mm-hmm. well, actually three four I guess I would include myself as a mm-hmm. man so there are like four of us guys out there and I get some of that from men who come out and they have a burden for this thing. They want to do something about abortion. We're like, this was a woman's issue. But the mm-hmm. fact is, this is really a man's issue. Mm-hmm. And if we could reach that young man that's brought his girlfriend for an abortion, we can also influence her, him to influence her. It's pretty powerful. And some of our most effective sidewalk counselors are actually men. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, the, you know, the devil lies to us. We, we mm-hmm. you know, kind of allow ourselves to be confused by some of the, the world's understanding of, of stuff. But this is really a man's issue, too. So... It's good to see, from my perspective, a couple serving the Lord together in, in that capacity and seeing the necessity for, you know, husband and wife to be serving and the way you can sort of tag team this thing. Right. It's pretty cool. And well, you guys have been doing that for a long time, right? Right. 
about 15 to 20 years after we started, uh, you know, Terry was uh, Terry was leading a, a group in a vacation Bible school at our church, Baptist church that we went to there in Bakersfield. And this uh, this little boy was uh, part of her group, and he he prayed to accept Christ there in her group. And later we learned that uh, his father, the, the little boy's father, said that I was there when they went in to abort the baby. Wow. And that I was there telling him that you need to be a real man. You need yeah. to stand up for your baby. And I, you know, at that time, I don't, that, I don't know if that was the first one I heard of that I had made the difference in. But honestly, you know, for many, many years there, I was there ministering with Terry, and I was mainly supporting her. I would talk from time to time, but I just felt like she's a lot more effective than yeah. I am. I want them to hear the most effective voice and sometimes if I'm the only one there then I, I got to be the one that talks but I, I didn't yeah. I didn't want to always be the one talking because I felt like she's just so much more effective than I was but this this guy told me that I was there yeah isn't it amazing how the and Lord lets us I mean what are the chances you know in in just random chance of events no way that was God and his providence sort of letting you hear right that this, you know you were effective in that and that this child whose life was physically saved that God used me to physically save his life. And then Terry was there to pray with this child to accept Christ. That's amazing. That is amazing. There's no such thing as accidents. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as just fate or whatever. Mm -hmm. This is the providence of God moving. That's, that's powerful. So if you could talk a little bit about, cause I'm, I'm interested in, I told you I'm, I'm interested in sort of the pro-life movement history. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I've had flip on and I'm going to have him on again, uh, Mm -hmm. hopefully pretty soon talking about the rescue movement, uh, him being the president of that, um, or the director of, Mm -hmm. of, Operation Rescue for a while, right. but you guys were involved in that movement. Was right. were you involved when it first got started, or you sort of jumped on on board with that after? Pretty much, it, we uh, we uh, Randall Terry had come to Bakersfield, right, and or our church. We were involved when it first started in California, but I yeah. believe it was in Atlanta and then New Jersey, probably um, a year or so before it came to yeah. California. Yeah. yeah. Some folks might not even have a clue when I'm talking about rescue movement mm-hmm. or you know whatever. Um, describe a little bit of what that means. What does it mean when people when, say Operation Rescue, rescue movement, that sort of thing? When we heard about um, them doing the Holy Week rescues, okay, if you remember back um, what year would be 1989, I think. Okay, yeah. we because. Even sidewalk counseling, believe it or not, I was kind of shy to do it. Yeah. And when we went um, down to L.A., in Bakersfield, it's more conservative. Mm-hmm. And we don't have the pro-aborts in our face or anything like yeah. that. But when we were when we were down there, I was just going to sidewalk counsel. I wasn't going to risk a risk. And what they do is they would actually place themselves in front of the doors and not allow anyone to go in because they didn't want babies to be killed and we were taught that we needed to be peaceful and respectful and pray and it was it was it was an awesome time but i was just counseling yeah and so i was able to try to talk to girls but the pro aborts had those big keep abortion legal signs okay and they would surround the girl and there's no way you could so I had to raise my voice, yeah. And I came out of my comfort zone and uh-huh. yelled, "Please let us talk to you." And they had surrounded this girl in a car, 
and didn't want her to look at us or anything but pretty soon she ends up the driver backs up and she ended up leaving yeah so that encouraged me and made me more vocal when i came back to bakersfield yeah yeah so the rescue movement basically in in conjunction with what sidewalk counselors are already doing the rescue movement was its heart was to to put itself put themselves between the woman who's going into the abortion clinic and the abortionist and basically they would through civil disobedience mm-hmm. uh, block the door but there's some you know i know listen of course if you listen to the media about this and you read some of the the stories from back in those days it was a lot of hyped up and like these are a bunch of violent people they mm-hmm. were just doing they were, it wasn't civil disobedience in their eyes it was just violence and just you know anger and it's like man when i look back at some of the the old videos from the rescues and i listen to people like you like yourself talk about the rescue movement it's like these were just God-loving, people-loving individuals. Yeah. Like it or lump it, they were doing the best they can with what they knew to try to interpose, to mm-hmm. try to stand between that that mother and that abortionist, and, right. and then ultimately working in conjunction with the sidewalk counselor to try to convince her to choose life. And there were, I, mean, I don't know how many, maybe you guys do, um, I would say thousands yes. of yeah. babies that were saved mm-hmm. um, through that. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you could share, you've already shared one powerful testimony share a testimony whether it's from you know the rescue mm-hmm. sort of thing going on with operation rescue or whether it's through sidewalk counseling maybe share a story that you guys have experienced mm-hmm. another one well terry was uh, terry was out a, a woman had had lost her baby uh at about uh betty uh mm-hmm. she lost her baby about 14 weeks yes, is that 14 what it was uh-huh. and so she the doctor had allowed her to bring her baby home for some reason in a jar, and she felt like, I, I, I want my baby, baby Anthony, to be useful in some way. I, I feel like God has something he wants to do with my baby. And so she ended up allowing Terry to bring her baby in the jar out on the sidewalk, and Terry was very careful with it because she got I know somebody's... people are going to go, what? Yeah. I know. A little, little, little creepy, a little weird, but okay. Right. The Lord uses it all kinds in, of stuff. It was in a cardboard box, mm-hmm. and I only used it if I would ask a girl, you know, oh, you're you're 12 weeks. Well, you know, I have a little baby that's 14 weeks. Would you want to see the baby? Yeah. And if she did, I would show it, show him, Anthony, yeah. to to her, and they were amazed. And we we showed five five people the baby, and out of the five, four changed their minds, yeah. kept their baby, and three ended up asking Jesus into their heart. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was used very effectively, but it wasn't long before the abortion business uh, caught wind of it, and they actually called the coroner okay. out there, and it became a big media thing. That you know the news the news said that night that Terry was parading up and down the sidewalk, showing this fetus in the jar to oh, yeah. everybody as if she was just waving it around. Yeah, and uh, so you know they made a big, big uh, you know. D- 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 well, very, they also very were fake news. Yeah. To find out if it was viable, even okay. it was yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Wow. Hmm. Right. So you know, they, <laughs> they little, tried a little, little hypocritical of them, yes. right? But God used that effectively, and it wasn't long after that that uh, you met Jackie out on the sidewalk, who a uh, young woman who was there with her young granddaughter, and she herself thought 
that she might be pregnant, and she was watching her granddaughter, who was a but baby. But they didn't allow children in oh, yeah, the of course. clinic. Right. So here I am. I had never met her before, and she, I, I don't know if I volunteered or what, but I said, well, I can, because back then they would just do the pregnancy test, and they would call them back in a couple of hours to let them know what the results were. Uh-huh. And so I watched her baby, grandbaby, out there while she went, she went in, and then we exchanged phone numbers. But she had told me, if I'm pregnant, I'm going to have to have an abortion. I just got in shape. She was going to be a correctional officer. Her youngest was like five, I guess. And her whole new life was going to start yeah. over, you know. And, and the father of her baby was married to somebody else and was a deacon in a in a In the church. church. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, it's just like, we can't do this. And yeah. So, Anyway, that became a lifelong still relationship. Friends. We still, yeah. we just, just uh, yesterday, the day before, you were still talking to her about some things. But we told her and that so. we would, I, I said, we'll adopt your baby. Uh-huh. You know, and, and she was a black lady. Yeah. And, and we were great friends. And she said, you really would? And I said, yeah, sure, you know. And so we kept, and off and on, she'd still think she might need to abort. I got to be at the birth of the baby. Yeah. And then once she saw him, she said, sorry, Terry, I'm keeping him. And yeah. I said, that's fine. Yeah. We never even got to have him for a single night. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you went through the sort of up and down. A lot of, right. you know, a lot of, our, a lot of sidewalk counselors will know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Like you, you mm-hmm. connect with the mom. She chooses life. And the next day she says, yeah. oh, I just don't think I can do this. And, you know, and yeah. so you, you're in that prayer sort of tension and like God move on her heart. Mm-hmm. You know, don't let her get back. Yeah, we've experienced that several times. It's cool how the Lord can bring those stories about, mm-hmm. and even you have a relationship. Now this this lady's your friend. That's, that's 28 that's years awesome. ago. That, yeah. that happened 28 years ago. So Wow, that's, that's, <laughs> and that's he's, awesome. And he's even saying at some of our dinners and stuff. And okay. When he was younger. Yeah, yep. yeah that's, thank, that's so awesome. Thank you for giving. Thank you for giving to the Lord. He sang that song, What Was I Supposed to Be? So it, it was... Uh, yeah, yeah, that's powerful. God definitely... Blessed us by having that relationship over the years. Yeah. Now you had shared earlier, and I, I could be misquoting you on this, but you know, you guys were involved, or at least in some way involved in the life chain mm-hmm. movement and sort of the beginning stages of right. that. Talk a, talk a little bit about that. Well, this was you know during the rescue days um, when you know there was a big flash of attention and a lot of a lot of things happening for the Holy Week in California. And then after that, a lot of people got arrested, and it's like, oh wow, there was there was a big price to pay there because yeah. they really cracked down on them. They're in L.A. with nunchucks and all this stuff. Yeah. And um, so there were a lot of people saying, "Is there something else we can do?" You know, we're not sure how long we can keep doing these rescues. And during that time, we heard of this life chain idea that had happened up in. Yuba City, Marysville, a man named Royce Dunn had the idea of just holding this sign that says abortion kills children. Yeah. At the time, it was just that one sign and no other message. He just felt like that's the message God gave him, abortion kills children. Yeah. And so we ended up getting in touch with the guy who was the head of that in uh, in Bakersfield. And uh, he was he he was actually, he had actually been at that same rescue that Terry talked about where the uh, the pro-aborts were surrounding the car with their keep abortion legal sign. They're trying to keep her from being able to talk to this girl. He was videotaping that. We Terry called him. Because and, we were thinking, maybe we should have a rescue in Bakersfield. Right, because uh-huh. he was the head of Operation Rescue in Bakersfield, even though we hadn't had any rescues in Bakersfield. 
And so we called him to see what we could do with that. And he said, wait, who are you? And, and he realized at that very moment he had been editing a video. He had, been, he had a video of that rescue, of that very moment when she called, he was looking at a video of her yeah. trying to save that baby's life. So we, we got a picture from him later of her her uh, interceding for that baby with this car all surrounded with these keep abortion legal And we didn't know signs. him before then. Yeah, yeah. And so we were, we were there with him throughout the time he was planning this Bakersfield life chain, which was the first one after the one Royce did in Yuba City, Mary, Marysville. And this Bakersfield life chain, we, we, he mapped out this huge area, miles of sidewalks, and, and had a church designated for each block and just a huge plan that he went to to do all this. His name was Bill Newsom, the, mm-hmm. the man I'm referring to, and uh, and w- ended up having 8,000 people on wow. the sidewalks on the streets of Bakersfield during that time. And um, they formed a cross. It, it was a wow. it was a huge miles long cross, and and Bill had the foresight to um, to know this is something we need to have people know more about what we did here. So he even, he hired videographers to take videos. Okay. And he had a helicopter taking an aerial view of the whole wow. thing. And so that video that he took in Bakersfield of that first Bakersfield life chain ended up being spread all across the country. The life chain is still to this day uh, promoting that Bakersfield video yeah. as uh, as the thing that uh, got so many people across the country to realize we need to be getting out to the streets and and standing for this message. And it was primarily through the churches. It was primarily with Bill, Bill Newsom. It was primarily something that he said, we got to get to the pastors individually. And it wasn't just, you know, we need to go there and tell the pastor, hey, you got to, you got to follow our agenda or you're worthless. It was, we want to, we want to support you in this pastor. We're here, we're we're here to pray for you. We are here, you know, understanding that you need help in what we're doing. And, you know, you go there, not saying, hey, pastor, we want you to solve this huge problem yourself, but here's something tangible that you can do. Here's yeah. something, we're, we're laying out a program here for you to follow, and all we need to know is that as a pastor, this is going to have your spiritual leadership in your congregation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's cool how the Lord can just grow things like that. You know, we have locally, mm-hmm. I shared with you guys, and you've probably seen some on social media um, Love Life Charlotte's yeah. a ministry that's done something similar to that, just bringing the people out to the abortion clinics right. to pray, and they've been a, a great partner with us. Mm-hmm. Um, even you know some of the folks who have come out to the prayer walks have taken it a step further, and probably you guys experienced that same thing that you know it came and I held a sign, but I mm-hmm. want to do something else, and they right. come yeah. sidewalk council mm-hmm. and get involved in that way. So it's it's really cool to to see the Lord doing that. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about because you know. Starting out, I said, you know, and you agree, abortion is not a political issue. Mm-hmm. But there are some political decisions that are made, and there, was some, there are some things that we as believers can do mm-hmm. in order to influence the politics. I mean, what, really how it should take place is the politics follow the church as the mm-hmm. church leads, because we're supposed to be the conscience right. of society. Right. So unfortunately, we've not been that in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, but there are some ways that we have been and I know you're involved with some of the po- political stuff mm-hmm. and in particular the life amendment right talk about that talk about the the way the church can get in board, get on board with that and why mm-hmm. that's sort of a you know a, an important thing for us right. to, to understand well one of the most important uh, scriptures I think of the rescue movement uh, that that was talked about 
frequently was, I believe it's Matthew 16, where, where Jesus says to Peter, the gates of hell will not prevail yeah. against my church. And to, uh, to understand what that meant that the church was confronting the gates of hell. Yeah. You know, that we are, we are, um, we are going after the gates of hell. But f- as in, in the last few years as I've studied that, I've come to a new understanding as I realize the word church is actually not really a good representation of what Jesus said in that scripture okay. to Peter. It, the word in Greek is ekklesia, uh-huh. and the word ekklesia or assembly is something that has a rich background in both the Old Testament and in the Greek culture. You know, of okay. course, that, that was written in Greek. Yeah. And the Greek ecclesia that was hundreds of years before Christ was the assembly, the political assembly of men of the community who came together to decide key issues in the community. In the, okay. in the community, you know, these were the city-states of classical Greek. The, the, comi- the communities were the polis, and that's okay. where the word politics comes out of that community where the ecclesia was there deciding these issues. And so when we say the gates of hell will not prevail against the ecclesia, you know, understanding the assembly, the, there was a political connotation to okay. that in its original meaning. And so, you know, when Jesus calls us to occupy until he comes, and, you know, even though we are, we are not citizens of this world, that we are citizens of heaven, we are to be faithful in the tasks that he has given us here. Yeah. As citizens of our nation, we have, all authority is given to us by God, and so we have the authority that God has given to us as citizens of our nation to be involved in the political process, to be involved in not just voting, but in, in uh, political uh, efforts to raise awareness mm-hmm. about things. And so I think it's part of our calling to be salt and light in the society that we need to be reaching for efforts to protect people of all of all kinds. Yeah. And, you know, abortion is not a political issue. It's a people issue. Okay. And just like yeah. a lot of things that politicians deal with affect people and a lot of things churches deal with affect people. Yeah. And so abortion is one of those things. It's affecting real people. That child in its mother's womb, 97% of biologists, a recent stu- a study recently came out saying that 97% of biologists agree that human life begins at the point of fertilization conception yeah. when the sperm and egg meet. Yeah. And so this is something that, you know, those who advocate taking away the lives of these children in the womb are really science deniers. Those who oh, say yeah. that's not a baby, that's not a human being. These are the worst kind of science deniers where yeah, it's yeah. really basic basic genetics to know mm-hmm. this baby in the womb is a human being. Yeah. And so the life amendment is an effort to simply say and it's it's very it's a very short thing that simply say that a human being is considered legally a person from the earliest point of its development. Yeah. And so it doesn't go into a lot of detail about abortion or anything like that because if you use that word person, it links in with the Fifth Amendment and the Fourteenth Amendment, especially the Fourteenth, that talks about the protections of you can't deny a person of life 
or liberty without due process. Yeah. And so the due process, this isn't, uh, it's not in any way taking away from the personhood of a woman. Women as well deserve due process, but the baby deserves due process before its life is taken away. And so the Life Amendment is an effort constitutionally in our federal constitution to have what you've probably heard the personhood movement across the country quite a bit. It's a, it's a federal personhood effort. But the difference is that a federal constitutional amendment is something the Supreme Court can't strike it down. They can't tinker with it. It's a mm-hmm. constitutional amendment. It actually sets the rules that the Supreme Court itself has to live by. Yeah. So they have to they have to adhere to that as part of the Constitution because they're they're yeah. required to uphold it. So what is the language exactly in what you guys have proposed in the in the life amendment? Well, uh, I don't have the exact language memorized, okay. but ba- basically it's uh, that uh, uh, from the beginning of the development of a human being, it would be considered a person. Okay. Uh, it's a very, very, very... So basically thing. it's just a, an invitation for everyone to catch up with reality that mm-hmm. this is a person right. <laughs> and for the government to catch up with that reality and say basically all of the constitutional protections mm-hmm. um, that are in the Bill of Rights and in the Constitution apply even to a person in the womb, mm-hmm. right? Okay, that's and the cool. the web, website, lifeamendment.org. Yeah, has, I was going to ask if the, there was a particular website someone could go to The specific uh, wording on there, lifeamendment.org. But the real person whose passion uh, brought this about, this Life Amendment website, uh, is a man that uh, many people probably are familiar with. Dr. Don Smith, uh, he was the... the uh, the producer of the silent scream video many okay. many yeah. years ago. Yeah, I remember that video. And, it's been uh, a while since I watched it, but it's powerful. Yeah. He he passed away in January at about ninety five years old. I think he was Just little short little, little short of his ninety fifth birthday. But uh, but God God used him for many years. But in the last few years, we had the opportunity of working with him on this life amendment effort and the things, the way this whole life amendment was constructed and the the things most of the things on our website and our pamphlets we hand out those were all written by by him in his final years yeah so uh, it's uh talk about a pro-life pioneer it's just been amazing to have the opportunity in the last few years as as he was in his um in his rest home uh, you know we we talked to him frequently there uh, this was his passion uh until his his final days yeah 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 it's uh, i know for sure for me personally you know i'm around flip Benham, you guys know him mm-hmm. on a regular basis and, and been exposed to other people that have been in you know, pro-life ministry for a long time and I've been able to just glean a lot of wisdom um, and uh, and just talking to you guys and just this little bit of time that we've known each other, been able to, to draw out some wisdom for sure. And just the last couple of minutes, because I'm going to wrap this thing up, mm-hmm. uh, if that's all right with you guys, share if you could some wisdom, maybe some, some things that, you know, for those who are pro- kind of brand new in dealing with the issue of abortion, mm-hmm. maybe those, a lot of folks that, that listen to our podcast are involved in sidewalk counseling and maybe just newly involved in it. And maybe some other people, you know, for, for whatever reason to listen to this podcast, what are some, uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe some of the warnings mm-hmm. or just some nuggets of wisdom that you would speak to somebody just brand new getting into this, this battle for the unborn. Well, in terms of dealing with people directly who are going in for abortion, and that's been the major focus of our ministry over the years. Though we've done a lot of different things, including life amendment things like that. But the, you know, one of the best pieces of wisdom I got 
was uh, about probably 15 years ago when, uh, when Franklin Graham was coming to Bakersfield for one of his festivals. And uh, we've had an opportunity to see Franklin Graham uh, many times mm-hmm. uh, over the years and really appreciate his boldness in speaking out of abortion. In, in this particular situation, he didn't talk about abortion at all. I don't recall him speaking of abortion specifically at that time. But we were going to be a part of the, um, the effort in terms of just counseling people at the end. And there's a training class they have you go through. And part of that, it's, I, I'm assuming, has been part of the Billy Graham training probably for years before Franklin himself was the evangelist there. But um, part of that was just really key to me when it talked about when you're, ta- when you're trying to reach somebody, you need to address their significance and their security. Okay. Those two key things I, I think are so important as we're dealing with people on this issue. Significance both to the mother and to the baby. You know, yeah. to, to understand, Mom, you are significant in the eyes of God. You matter to God. And your baby matters too. Yeah. And the security is to say to the mother, We're here to help you. you yeah. Know, God isn't you're you're not alone here. You know, there are people that are gonna help you through this. Yeah. And so we need to uh, consider the significance and security of women as we're dealing with them. And that same training went on to talk about things that are roadblocks to relationships and talk, talked about there's, I think, five Ds it goes through. I don't know if I can remember, remember them all, but demeaning, demanding, dogmatic, all these things that, you know, if you're kind of saying you got to do it my way to this woman and, and kind of trying to push her into your mold Instead of saying, you know, there's a God here who is wanting to help you through this. If we're trying to push them with our human ability, instead of letting God use us in this situation, then things don't turn out so well and they put up roadblocks against us. But I just really found that training from from the, uh, the Graham organization to be just a nugget of wisdom that every pro-lifer should consider. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. That's sort of along the lines, you know, because we do trainings as a ministry for sidewalk counseling, and we have three points that we encourage sidewalk counselors to touch on. We say, talk about what God says. You know, what God says about abortion, of course, but what God says about the mother and the baby, that he loves them, that he cares about them. So mm-hmm. that sort of speaks to that whole, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. seeing their values, the significance that they mm-hmm. have. And then we say, you know, talk about the humanity of the baby. Your baby's mm-hmm. heart's already beating. Your baby mm-hmm. has 10 fingers, 10 toes, and all of that. So give humanity to the baby. And the third point that we tell people is resources. Talk about the things that are available. You know, the mobile ultrasound unit that's right there, pregnancy mm-hmm. centers, um, prenatal care, all these other things. It's sort of sort of mm-hmm. right along the lines of what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And it's not rocket science. It's pretty mm-hmm. pretty simple things. If we look at it from in our perspective, being in difficult situations, what are the things that speaks to us? What are the things that helps calm the storm? Mm-hmm. And it's it's exactly like like you said. Right. Um, it well, just makes me think of uh, it's a flip Benham phrase, but it just makes me think of letting our theology become biography. Yeah, that, that's yeah, what it's all about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, with that, I'm, I'm going to wrap this thing up. I do appreciate you guys coming and uh, and sharing your heart, sharing your experiences. I, I know that it'll have an effect. It certainly had an effect on me, and I know it'll have an effect on others. I want to encourage those who are listening um, with 
get to check out these guys' website as far as the uh, Life Amendment. You said lifeamendment.org. Org. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And do you guys have a website locally for your ministry and what you guys are involved in? What's that website? Glorifyjesus.com. I like that. That's really good. Glorifyjesus.com. That's what this is about. So you can check those guys out. I'll put that in the uh, description in the podcast itself so people can, can go to those websites. Also, we have a website as a ministry that we always mention, and that's uh, www.sidewalksforlife.com, sidewalks the number four, life.com, which is a gospel-centered uh, sidewalk counseling website with training videos, and, and we put out blog posts on a regular basis talking about how to be effective in certain areas and, and that sort of thing. You can connect with me also at dparks, uh, dparks at citiesforlife.com and our website, charlotte.citiesforlife.org. Um, again, appreciate you guys coming. Appreciate all those who listen. And until next time, God bless. Use me, Lord.